welcome to Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know, not to know what you believe or why you believe it. It's a podcast where we explore the journey of faith together. Today we're going to continue our interview and actually complete our interview with Abby that we started last week. It was a wonderful interview to get to know the personality and the ministry of a wonderful pastor in the Assemblies of God. I'm looking forward to being able to share the rest of it with you today. I don't have anything really to share other than I'm so glad you're listening. I'm so glad you're a part of this together with us. I really want to encourage you to reach out and let us know that you're listening and how we are helping you. We get those emails as we shared a couple weeks ago, and we just really love them. So more of how we're helping you or at least challenging you or maybe even making you upset would be great. You can find the details for that at the end of our podcast today. But without further ado, let us continue our conversation with Abby. It might be bread and Sprite, huh? It might be bread and Sprite. Yeah. Um... Well, I don't know about you, Nate, but I'm I'm sitting here all challenged and stuff. <laughs> I know. Uh. Uh, sorry, guys. I can be a little intense. <laughs> this is why everyone just tunes me out. Yeah. Yeah. You you started off by saying you were going to just share some nice stories, and now we're like, man, I feel like shit. I don't do that. Well, I just wanted to say for for anybody who's listening, if you're feeling something right now, it's actually the Holy Spirit. In case you don't know, uh, she's working on you and it's okay, right? It's a good thing. It's just, I'm just saying, it's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where to go from here uh, in the podcast. Like I said, I'm intense. Um, hmm. More. <laughs> it's practically the circus over here. I was going to say, much like camping. <laughs> <laughs> Nate hates puns, by the way. <laughs> he hates uh, them. Well, <laughs> I, I'm still working, he's been working on it. Working on it for, someday, I hope. for what, nine years? <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. I pray for him a lot about it. You know, but so far. So far. I'll talk for hours. I can go on with even more stories. Well, you pastors. Here's a fun story. For a while, so we we like to call the church sometimes, or I like to. It's really just my own inside joke of myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like to call our church um, Communal Cars Assembly of God. Because we have a tendency to share our cars around Mm. here because a lot of Mm. people don't have reliable ones. Um, And so there was one man who was using uh, the other pastor's car quite often. And again, it's even ownership. We're really into acts because, you know, it's required it's required you have to sign (laughs) axe is the best well the best luke and axe were down with both 
Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, uh, and you know, acts to super important the whole like, and no one was in need, and they had all things common. That that thing we take it pretty seriously around here, and that it, it goes on to our cars. And so there's one man who was using the car for a very long time. And then we had an ophthalmologist who was attending the church. And at one point he said, you know, I noticed this guy brings his phone really close to his face. I think maybe it would be good for you guys to help him get his eyes checked out. So we helped him sign up for an appointment, get his eyes checked out. Turns out, he was very blind. <laughs> the one who'd been borrowing the car? Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> he had really bad cataracts. Oh, no. <laughs> and they had a, like the letter A, the size of a piece of paper, and he Good couldn't grief. see it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and months he'd been borrowing the car. Oh, really- boy. Nice. Pentecostal communal cars church. I don't know. Let's let's not get ourselves into too much trouble. Um, But that was that was one of my that was a story I like to laugh about a lot. Oh yeah, we're using all our cars. God, God Very really, uh, God really uh, was with the eyes for him. I think. Yes. He prayed, Jesus, take the wheel. And Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus must have. Because yes. <laughs> there's no other. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Later, there was an issue with his license. And turns out, we're not sure. He was not the most equipped driver ever. It's all squared away. He's not blind anymore. Uh, A plus when you're driving. And he's he's a licensed, <laughs> not blind driver. Hooray. And that's he's, good. <laughs> that's 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 a story. Hmm. There's another story. See, now I'm just I'm giving you guys filler awesome. so that you can yeah. be a few weeks ahead on your podcast. <laughs> uh I had the church basement floods constantly. <laughs> so it's a Wednesday night. It's me and one other person here to cook dinner for like 40 kids who are going to come. And uh, it's just the two of us. And then a couple of kids from the neighborhood had stopped by. And we get there. The church basement is flooded. We have to get all the water out so that we can get tables up and food cooked and the kids aren't swimming to get there (laughs) so we've got multiple shop backs going and we're like sweeping but also we're trying to cook dinner at the same time and these two kids from the church come in or from the neighborhood come and one of them is just a, a he's a he's a goofball uh he's a crazy pants maybe you might call him uh and he starts helping and then he thinks you know what i should do i should lay fully clothed 
in the water, <laughs> starts splashing around, <laughs> and screams, I'm a fish. <laughs> well, I think he sounds wonderful. He, uh, I love this kid. Another time, the kids were all just a little rowdy. Maybe it was a full moon. Maybe summer break was around the corner. Who knows? Uh, but they were all really rowdy, and we had them all upstairs for service. And the same kid, all of them are just talking over each other. And then there's, you know, parenting moves, right? There's the times you're yelling to be heard. And then there's the times that you're just silent until they realize you're <laughs> silent and yeah. they're in big trouble, right? So we had moved past yelling to be heard. And I was just standing there silent, waiting for the moment when they caught on to the fact that they were about to get in big trouble with me. And uh, and my little buddy runs up onto the stage, turns around, flips everyone off, cackles, and jumps <laughs> down and runs back to his seat. <laughs> this kid's my hero. I love it. And then the real struggle there, right, is that you have to maintain yeah. that they're doing things they're not supposed to do. But it's hilarious. It's, it's <laughs> fucking hysterical. I love that. <laughs> so there you go. That's another great one. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've had some We've had some fun days. We had one. Oh, this is a story. And this is a beautiful story. I don't know. I don't know if you could share it or not. You guys couldn't. You'll okay. hear it. And then you decide if you're going to put it in. Okay. So we're a Pentecostal church, right? We're used to some interesting expressions of the faith. Uh and you want to make room for that, by the way. Sometimes we forget, but like not every culture is quiet and white, mm -hmm. right? Most um, cultures okay. are not quiet and it's white. Okay <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, and it's okay right. for people who even are white, yeah. right? It's not just non white people who are not quiet. Um, but it's okay for people. Sometimes there's not words for what you're going through and you need to express things a little bit, you know, in, in just different ways. And that's okay, right? Um, so we have, we have quite a few lovely people at our church. They are characters and um, a varying yeah, just stages in life. And there was one woman and she was having kind of a, she she has some mental illness issues. She's very open about it. Um, and she, she was just kind of a little off one day and, and being very demonstrative, very expressive in ways that were not typical and she and as the service progresses she kind of 
increasingly some, you know, just some odd behaviors are coming out. And <clears throat> she, she starts kind of having a, a bit of a meltdown. Drugs may have played a little bit of a role in it. Uh, and, you know, there's our church. Man, it was beautiful. Nobody darted, like, angry looks at her while she was, you know, she's getting louder and louder and kind of moving around and moving chairs around and doing some some stuff that's just a little bit uh, unexpected, right? And the kids had been down for kids' church. We always come back up. And I had come, I was down with the kids that day. I came back up and I see this woman is really in a bad spot and we need to help her get out of the space with everyone because she's just, she's not okay. And um, as soon as it's kind of like crescendoing this, this breakdown this woman is having, our deacons immediately just snapped into place um one of them went to be with kids who didn't have parents at church to just make sure they felt comfortable uh another one came and helped me to corral her we had to you know again i I worked in special ed for a long time and so i i know how to kind of help maneuver in a situation like this and we're trying to help her get to a safe place and And a few other congregation members, they just come around her very lovingly. We help guide her to the the back of the church. We pray with her and help her to, you know, get through this this moment. You know, we call the ambulance because she needs to go to the hospital. And, And we get her all loaded up and everything and I'm able to just sit there because you know she's she's terrified and I get to say it's okay you know she's I mean she's not just terrified but she's just not reasonable right and 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 so I got to pray over her and I got to say Jesus is the great physician these doctors are doing God's work it's important we need to go see the doctors we need help it's okay and, you know, just pray with her and, and help her stay calm in this situation. And she's had to go into the hospital several times. And and usually it's kind of a, a violent encounter when, when that happens. But she, it wasn't a violent encounter, this, this moment at church. You know, other people who spent more time with her outside of the church know how rough this could have been and and it was just this moment of everybody coming around her in love, in understanding. There was no judgment. An entire church full of people. And we always think that, you know, like we, we hear stories. We think about people who maybe are just ready to judge people and get upset and be annoyed that somebody's making noise when they're not supposed to. And instead it was just everybody loving this woman and and then being able to go visit her in the hospital and visit her when she got out. And, and, you know, and she was so grateful that we had helped her through it. And while we were in the hospital, she was talking to me and she's like, I, I just couldn't 
like the one thing I can remember is that Pastor Abby was was sitting there over me, you know, just telling me everything's gonna be okay. We can do this. Let's go, you know, and like like all those calming things and and being able to pray with her and and that was it was just one of my favorite stories of the pastorate. It's very unexpected, but it was really beautiful to watch a whole church full of people love somebody who was just not having their best day. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was another one. Not crazy pants uh, buddy who was flipping off the congregation. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe crazy pants was a bad, uh, bad thing to say after that story. Uh, not goofball buddy. Yeah. He's goofy. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking about, uh, what you know, we've been pausing every once in a while to reflect on how we're challenged and, well, challenged by what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I think what we do on this podcast is really helpful for folks. I've, we've heard the stories. We know people are listening because uh, the general idea we have uh, and the way that we've approach these topics is that we want this to be a safe space where um, you can say, think, believe, do what you've been told is scandalous um, and you're starting to discover is not as scandalous as you were led to believe. Um, and the challenge that I'm hearing probably from the Holy Spirit, is in the midst of all of that, what, what have been some stories that we've had that show the things that we want to see? I don't know if we do that as much as we could, Ryan. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, that's, I, I was thinking about that leading up to this and, and uh, just feeling it even more now. And maybe that'll be next week's episode. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the, the process of deconstruction or whatever you want to call it that, well, I think all of us have been on, but especially Nate and I on this podcast. And, um, you know, I think part of that, that maybe we've, I don't know about neglected. I just, I think part of that, that maybe is becoming more apparent at this point where we are is that like that all happens to reveal good things. Right. And and I think sometimes for myself anyway, it's easy to get distracted by all the bad. And and there's a lot of bad, but I don't want to let things like that distract yeah. me from what God is doing, you know. And so I, I, I think that this this is for me anyway, I think this has been a good reminder to watch out for for those things too. Um which is not to say like right. you know, anything we've done or said has been bad. I just mean that like it's it's really I think challenging me to to look for those as well to um, to see how God is moving and what God is doing in in some of the ways that maybe I've yeah, I don't think not it's not bad. Um, Abby might be able to speak into this more based off of her experiences, but we've touched on this where if you're not allowed to feel things, think things, believe things, then there's a lot of pent up anxiety and angst and 
the healthy thing to do. Like I'm thinking of when my my kids dealing with just an everyday challenge or I'm dealing with an everyday challenge. First thing I really need to do is know that I'm heard and say something or the first thing my daughter needs to do is know like, hey, you can say whatever you need to say. It's fine. Um, I'll be here and listen. I can't immediately go in and say to somebody who's having, you know, a really hard time. Oh, but look at all these wonderful things because that's deferring away from what we're actually feeling and what we're actually going through. I, I say all that because I think probably what's happening to me at least is Abby's been, you've been so wonderful on sharing um, the joys and it's made me think of some of the joys that I've had or let's say if this podcast is a has been so far an expression of un unmet hope unrealized hope um, your stories are showing me that the church has fulfilled hope there, there, there are times where the hope to be loved, to be seen, to be appreciated, to be a community, to have a community that cares for more than just whatever the pastor or the people within that congregation can give them, but that they are just there to love one another. Um, maybe we're just ready to hear that, or let's say me, I'm ready to start to appreciate those things more as I've been allowed to really talk through those challenges, those struggles. When we were in undergrad and we had to go to chapel, Ryan and I played this game all the time <laughs> where we would, we played a lot of games, but one of them was we would always try and guess who, like what the speaker was going to preach out of. <laughs> And Ryan would always go New Testament and I would always go Old Testament and usually like one that I really, you just don't hear a lot of yeah. <laughs> in, in sermons where church calendars are good because when you don't have them, you don't preach from a lot of things. Get, yeah. You don't preach from a lot. You hear a lot of sermons from the end of Matthew. <laughs> Over and over. Again. Yeah. The first two <laughs> right? chapters of Acts are well, uh, well known. Well known. Uh, anyway, so uh, this week I'm preaching and I'm preaching from, wait, Ryan, can you guess where I'm preaching from? Uh, Haggai. No, oh. but Micah. Micah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to preach from Micah. Old Testament because it's me. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, so preaching from Micah and as I'm looking at just the whole of the book of Micah and thinking about the prophets generally, right? Um, it's important for us, the prophets deconstruct culture, the church, all of it by the power and gifting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm Pentecostal. Deal with it, Nate. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's on board. He's not the one you got to convince. <laughs> yeah. Deal with it, all you other people who might be listening. I don't know. I, I Have fun with it. Whatever. Do what you want to do. That's what this podcast is about. Take it or leave it. 
anyway, the prophet, by the, you know, the creeds say he spoke through the prophets, right? The Holy Spirit speaks through the prophets. So, um, they, the prophets deconstruct. It's an important function. It's important for us to look at the world around us and recognize that there are shadowy corners that we want to keep hidden. Um, my, I don't do much illustrations, but I try and engage people's imaginations when I preach. And the, the thing that I came to this week as it pertains to the prophets is that I'm telling everybody, imagine you're in this cozy room. It's dimly lit. You know, maybe there's a fire crackling in the corner. There's a nice comfy place to sit down and rest. And all of a sudden the lights, the like bright lights turn on. Every little corner is lit up and you realize that it's covered in dirt and some weird greasy film. And I go into a lot of, not a lot, but some detail about how disgusting this, this room really is. And this is what the prophets are doing, right? They're, they're looking at this world that we have become comfortable with. And maybe we prefer to keep that light a little dim and say, yeah, this looks like a great place to rest. And they shine the light and you're forced to deal with the fact that that couch is probably infected with COVID-19 and every other thing that might make you sniffle or die a horrible death, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the reality is you need to know. You need to see it for what it really is. You need to not get comfortable with it. But in the, in the book of Micah, what I am seeing as I've read it like four times this week, five times, I don't know, I keep reading it, um, is just that we go from Micah chapter one, God is going to come down and the, you know, Samaria is going to be laying in a heap um, and, and become an open field for a vineyard. And things are going to, the stones are going to roll down and things are going to melt like wax. And it's pretty intense and it's clear, like a clear image of deconstruction, right? But then you get to Micah chapter 4 and everybody is going to, like we see, this is the, the moment, Mount Zion, you know, the, the swords are beaten down into plowshares and everyone will be under their, their vine and and fig tree, and it's this place of rest. And I think that it's really easy for us to spend a lot of time on the deconstruction. And the deconstruction is important. We don't want to look at this world and be comfortable with things that are killing people, mm -hmm. right? Literally, spiritually, figuratively, however you want to take it. We don't want to ignore those things. But we also have to hold in tension the fact that God is the one who can really deconstruct it. That we need to be aware of that deconstruction, but that 
we don't like culture. We don't deconstruct into some sort of nihilism where everything just keeps being destroyed for the sake of the destruction of it. Yeah. Right. Cause even in chapter one, you see there's, there's Samaria in a heap open vin like open for a vineyard. And then in Micah four, you see people sitting under each under their vine in this moment of peace. And like, there can be no vine for us to sit under in peace until God makes space for the vineyard. And, but we have to remember that while we deconstruct, it's not for nothing. Hmm. Deconstruction is for, for better growth, pruning, hmm. like all of these, these um, images that Jesus uses, right? We, there, there is deconstruction. There is no reason to say we don't need to look at, at this world. And, but we need to remember God is, is always making things new and rebuilding. And it's, um, you know, we, we like to think that it's just the end and it's just not, that's like, that's the whole point. Jesus on a cross, it's the end. Haha. Ha. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Resurrection. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> like uh, empty tomb, um, ascension. Jesus is coming again. Like there's to make all things new, to see the river of life, to see, you know. So, so that's my thoughts on deconstruction. It's an important and prophetic work should be done through the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is able to deconstruct better than we ever are. Um, and, but we just have to remember, we don't just destroy for the sake of destruction or deconstruct for the sake of deconstruction. We, we see it because God is going to do good and new things and, and there is hope at the end of all of it um even in the prophets where they say some some pretty rough things they do yeah <laughs> yeah i love that i've we've been going through the prophets and um it's the first time i've preached through the bible um usually we uh you know we have a lectionary or we've been doing the thematic thing at, at my church for a while um decided to go through the Bible, which means, of course, we're going to spend most of our year in the Old Testament. Um, we just got to the prophets, and um, mm -hmm. I used to think I really liked preaching narrative, and I avoided poetry because in my tradition, maybe Ryan can know this because he sat in on some of the classes that the MDiv people do, but... Um, they really wanted you to know right. how to parse Hebrew poetry in order to preach it well, which, you know, I get there's, there's some truth to that, but it, what it did to me is it always made me not want to preach on poetry because it's this overwhelming thing. Narrative is complex. It's easy at the same time, but it also allows for such rich depth, um, you know, I don't have to say more. Ryan's our narrative guy. So, but I'm starting to discover I like the prophets a lot more 
if if you see it in the holistic way that you just said that yes prophets come and they bring an element of uh, the old word would be judgment i prefer more something like um consequences of what's going on and then they have these moments that's not as big except for in Jeremiah where there's a lot of mourning with the people. Um, the The one I'm doing this week is Joel and Joel um, just, I didn't know how beautiful it was, but Joel goes through this rhythm twice. He goes through the accusations and the grieving. He does that twice, but he grieves with them. Um, and then the th uh, end of the second chapter and the third chapter mm. of Joel is all about hope. And I think that, I don't know, I'm not going to be weird and say that we're in an age of prophets now, but I think we have a lot to learn from the prophets um, as Christians. You know, we've kind of moved away. Uh, well, we haven't moved away. In my tradition, we've just stayed with prose because that's what we like. We love Paul um, to an annoyance. It's easier to preach for the kind of preaching. It really that, is, especially you if know. you're going to be preaching theology rather than scripture. Um, <laughs> Ooh, bird. Yeah, <laughs> uh, really easy. Um, but I, I, I just wanted to, that was a, maybe when I listen to that, I'm not going to keep it all in, but I really like how you put deconstruction in the midst of the prophets, because I think that is true. Yeah. The prophets do say, look, uh, it's not so much judgment. It's like, hey, you've been going about this the wrong way, and it needs to come down before we can see what God's really about. And yeah. he gives a hope yeah. for what that looks like. Or in a way, I wonder if like it's not... I mean, maybe it's judgment, but it's almost more of like diagnosis and treatment, right? And then, you know, the prognosis is better afterwards. And I, I don't know how, how far you want to take that metaphor, but just the idea of like, none of us have to be prophets to have prophetic ministries, right? And I think that, that I don't know about you two, but I have been afraid to even think about that. And it's not like, I'm not trying to say I'm a prophet, but I think we're all called to be prophetic in our ministry. And I think right now, maybe a big part of that is the kind of stuff we're talking about. But like you were saying, Abby, also things like deconstruction or, or diagnosis or whatever you want to say, those aren't, um, those aren't the end. Those are more of a liminal thing. Those are um, the process that God takes us through um, to bring those new vines that we sit under in peace, as you were saying. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, this is good stuff. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. I just have to give a plug to a friend of the podcast, Josh. Um, he recommended this book and I picked it up and I'm preaching through it. It's, uh, Brueggemann, uh, which I've mentioned before. He calls the first phase of the work of the prophets reality, reality, mm -hmm. grief, and hope. And he says that the prophets are bringing the reality of what their life has brought to Israel rather than 
destruction. And that's why I like that word deconstruction in the midst Mm -hmm. of that, because that's what deconstruction really, if it's not following a nihilism, it is meant to, as our doctor, our doctoral advisor would say, um, shed the barnacles off the ship and show us how much they've been weighing us down and then helping us move beyond them. You didn't see it, but I just made a motion. (laughs) So I always like to finish uh, our time with a a guest to ask, um, you know, most of the people we talk to have some sort of public ministry, whether it's a teacher, pastor, or something like that. And we're talkers, most of us. Um, So I always like to ask, what is something that you can talk about that will put everybody to sleep, but you don't care because you just love talking about it? (laughs) So So much. much. Huh? I hear that, Ryan. Uh, Mm. Uh, I've already mentioned it a few times at this point, but hospitality, man, I could talk for a long time about the importance of hospitality, about the beauty of uh, sharing your life with people, whether that be in your home or in other people's homes, but welcoming people into your life and it's vulnerable and it is a uh it's a command right um the bible says practice hospitality uh multiple times it's imperative um so i yeah i could i could talk a long time about that but uh also just you know i in our in ryan and i's upbringing and a lot of emphasis on spiritual gifts right uh because you know we're pentecostals and sometimes people like to do these these gift finder tests oh shit i forgot about those (laughs) if you do those tests i'm sorry but i think that they're silly but you know okay whatever uh, but uh, they, out of curiosity, they, are you talking Corinthians gifts? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, but it usually had ones besides just the ones listed there. Yeah. Though. You know, who? It turns out when I did one because they made me, I do not, in fact, have the gift of exorcism. Oh, that's a out. shame. Uh, so yeah, and and people have turned in turned hospitality into a spiritual mm-hmm. gift, right? But it, multiple times, it, hospitality is like from the from Genesis, from the very beginning, right? Hospitality is expected and 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 commanded, right? Uh, uh, do you know what Sodom's sin was? Uh, not being hospitable. Exactly. Yes. So it's, it's a pretty big deal hospitality and we like to say well i don't have the gift of hospitality and that's just a bunch of i'm gonna be really iowan and old right now i'm gonna say that's a bunch of malarkey (laughs) malarkey (laughs) 
It's going to say, yeah, do you have white bread and Sprite? <laughs> exactly. If you've got some white bread and Sprite, you can be hospitable. If you've got nothing in your house, you can still be hospitable. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to welcome people in, and it feels dangerous, and it, it, it's vulnerable, and a lot of times it's very inconvenient, and there's, it's not all romantic stories where you're like, oh, I'm like Jesus with the kids. Sometimes it's kids throwing scissors at you and you're like, this is <laughs> not my favorite. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's people, you know, bringing their, Never mind. I was going to tell a story and it would make Ryan laugh because I won't get over this. <laughs> oh, well, now you have to tell it. <laughs> Maybe you're going to bring your dog who has fleas and you know they have fleas into somebody else's house and they're going to get fleas and maybe somebody's going to give you fleas and it's really frustrating and you just got to get over it and practice. That, was a, that, was a, that wasn't my dog. Just no, it wasn't Ryan. It was just you. You brought the fleas. Yeah, I, I just brought fleas. I actually let them go in her house. <laughs> he, had a, he just gathered them in a little... Like one of those bug collector cups. That <laughs> I had a hat and a net. Uh huh. And a little a tiny magnifying net. glass. Because you're flea man. That, that, that's, that's me. Yeah. Uh, I jump a lot. <laughs> I also, if, if I was the one teaching a pastoral ministry class, uh, one of my first assignments would be giving everybody a recipe to learn and telling them go cook it and make it for somebody else. Because Jesus eats with people. You need to learn to eat with people. Mm. But anyway, hospitality. Second, uh, the Bible is really great, guys. Like, <laughs> like, Okay, wait, wait. So you're a pastor, and the thing you can talk a lot about is the yeah. Bible? Remind me, what's the Bible? It's, yeah, It's this really amazing book. and It's, that, it's the book for me. The oh, B-I-B-L-E. Wow. <laughs> I stand upon the word of God. That's uh, right. Bible. Bible. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like people are, I, I understand how intimidating it is to actually read the Bible. But man, there are those moments when you can like, like, uh, we were going through Revelation, and I was reading right. another book alongside it, and I was reading, like, multiple books at the same time. It was actually right after I gave birth, and I couldn't sleep because I was, uh, you know, feeding the baby all the time. And I, so I just kept reading to keep myself up, and I was reading Revelation, reading this book about Revelation, also reading Dune. And there's other. Oh, you didn't tell me you read Dune. Yeah, I, I mean, did. I'm not surprised. Yep. That was my <sighs> maternity leave. I read Dune. Uh, Boy, I love that. No, <laughs> we're, we're not. We've already done that for one podcast. Right, that was mine. Not, that was mine. We're Sorry. not doing it for another. Anyway, <laughs> right? There's this moment that I am just thinking about the woman. Uh, what is it? Chapter 16. I'm bad with numbers. The woman who has the moon under her feet. She's clothed, yeah. with, clothed with the sun. She gives birth. But it hits me, right? Mary, right? Okay, so the woman, right? Clearly, she's representative of 
of Israel here or not clearly it's it's revelation nothing super clear I guess but, <laughs> but she's representative of Israel or the new Jerusalem right cities women this is a thing Zion <clears throat> anyway <laughs> so uh and and within this woman's body Jesus resides right and jerusalem coming down from heaven later in revelation is a square a cube right mm -hmm. much like the holy of holies right so then you think about women representative you know she's she's opposite of babylon as a woman so jerusalem here maybe okay She's Mary. She's got Jesus inside of her. She has the incarnate God. She's got the presence of God within her. She's essentially in represent. It's like the, the Holy of Holies here, except you know not. But do you like my spitballing here? <laughs> it's fun to think about. It's fun to yeah. think about how all of these different images are laying on top of each other to make and that they're using this woman who's clothed with the sun and has the moon under her feet and and she's got the very presence of god within her that is pretty that's, cool that's the part and the dragon's trying to eat the kid uh, but yep yeah, okay, yeah also, i want to say that's around chapter 12 but i could be wrong it could be 12 i Anyway, anyway, it's fun to think about. And the more that you read the Bible, the more that you like notice that that also calls back to some of the things that are going on in Micah and, you know, like all of the ways that the Bible weaves together to make this really beautiful tapestry of imagery and and wisdom and and how you can be. It's just, it's beyond all the other things. The Bible is just fun to read and it takes, it takes effort. But man, when you start really getting in there, you start having these really fun things to think about when you're thinkers and, or when you're not thinking. The Bible is fun. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. side note with Bible. See, I could talk about it for a while because, you know, pastor. Uh, my daughter, she has this little tiny bear, my 10-month-old. And and the bear is she-bear. Because, <laughs> oh. because of Elisha and the she-bear. Right. <laughs> and every time that she calls her papa baldy, because she's 10 months old, and she the, her first word was, Papa, you're a baldy. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Okay. I was going to say, wow, she's advanced. <laughs> she's very advanced. Uh, she slapped his the head. The joke is that that the she bear comes and eats <laughs> my child. I'm a good mom <laughs> because she keeps calling her papa a baldy. Yeah. So <laughs> the Bible is so, fun to read, guys. It is. It really yeah. is. We we talked about. I don't know if we did it on our podcast, but Ryan and I just like. 
one of the coolest things about deconstruction and the process we've been through is that we can actually sit down and enjoy reading scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, Before it was just so, at least for me, and I think Ryan has shared this, uh, it it was so full of anxiety, of course. You have to do this the right way. You have to get to the right interpretation, all that. And for me, it's just like this giant playground now to see what is God really saying and doing here? Because this is what I've been told. This is what I think. But the more you read it, you're like, oh, well, I'm an idiot. This is really what's going on or whatever. It's just, yeah, it's really cool. It's been much more fun the last few years to read the Bible. And and so much more natural and human. Like I know the Bible is a divine thing, but it's also one of the most human things you'll find. And, And I mean that in the best possible way. Like, um, you know, like Nate, remember that long time, a uh, long time ago when we talked about the Syrophoenician woman and trying to figure out what yeah, the hell's uh-huh. going on in that story. And I don't know that we ever, um, you know, solved it, so to speak, but like some of the things we talked about were, were avenues that I had never pursued before in my mind because I thought they were bad and wrong and evil. And even though I didn't necessarily land on all of them, like it's, it was okay to ask all those questions and think about those things and then ask if that's the case, what about these other things? And, and it's like, it's been so much, so freeing to just see where it goes and trust the Holy Spirit to lead us to an okay spot, you know? And I think that was what was missing for me in, in the previously was that, I had to get it right. I had to do it right. I had to, you know, especially if I'm going to teach other people about it. And I'm not saying you don't got to think about things, but it's just this idea of that you really can trust the spirit to lead you to a place that people need. Um, and it's been very liberating for me to to see the Bible in that way, rather than I have to find the answers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, what for the human thing, like, you know, when I was younger, reading through the histories of the old Testament and all that. I just, I hated it. I hated it so much, but I, over the last what couple months we've been reading through uh, first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles. And it just hit me today. I, Cause I was listening to it as I was driving to and from places. And it's like, Boy, this this just so utterly human and wonderful all at the same time because it's, yeah, is it thrilling? No, but you get these little moments that are just really neat. Like um, there's that uh, prophet who's a woman. I, I've never heard of that before um, because Holda. Holda, yeah. yeah, she's the one they ask what the law is because it's been so right. long you don't even know, right? And she's like, "Yeah, this is from God." And then uh, it's Josiah, right? The the King Josiah, I believe, I think, or Hezekiah, one so. of the two. Hezekiah, I think. Um, I think. And but anyway. I just love his reaction. He's like, "Okay, so we're gonna just like follow this to the letter." And there's all this like, <laughs> historical crazy stuff. He slaughters people, burns bones on these altars, and blah blah blah. And, yeah, you can look at that and say, why does the holy book have that? And my response now is, well, because it's utterly human. And these are human beings doing this kind of stuff. And yeah, is it is it challenging? Of course it is. But it's so fun just to like, it, it took me out of the moment where I was like, because uh, I majored in history in undergrad and it could just be a, 
one of those human stories of somebody cataloging all the kings and all the terrible stuff they did and all the cool stuff they did. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm starting to really enjoy scripture on a whole new level. Mm. Yeah. It's fun. And I shared that by saying I love when people burn bones. So, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> some days. <laughs> <laughs> And that little detail, I'm sorry, I'm just nerding out. That little detail where he's like, who's this person that's buried? And it was the prophet that said all this would happen. And he's like, okay, we're not going to burn those bones. Let's let's go to the grave next door and get the other bones. Uh, uh, just funny. Yeah, funny stuff. I, I will say, because you brought it up, you, I know Abby's always loved, the. I mean, you love Jesus too, but she's always been about the Old Testament. And I love how the Old Testament sometimes is just like, it just gives it to you. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, and and David or and Solomon had become old and advanced in years, and God said to Solomon, "You've been old. You've become old and advanced in years." And it's just, <laughs> no, I just I just love how it it just it's it's so in some case sometimes it feels so opaque, and in other times it feels like man, I this is just like like this is nothing like my life, and it's just like my life, you know? Yeah. It's it's crazy. One of my on with the nerding sorry and we've been doing this for a while but still i'll rant forever about this because you gave me the opportunity um, <laughs> yeah i get what i deserve favorite. i guess yes uh one of my favorites was i i came across it in uh, uh in undergrad when we had to read through the pentateuch and you know mm. you get to leviticus and it gets a little rough Right? Yeah. Hard going, yeah. And you're going through Leviticus, and all of a sudden there's the moment where they're going through the clean and unclean, and then then it comes to the verse about, if a man has no hair on his head, he's bald, but he's clean. (laughs) This is very important, guys. You need to know this. Out loud. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we just need to yes. be clear. Sometimes people are just bald, okay? It doesn't mean they're unclean. It's okay, you know. Okay. In the same book that needs to tell you how important it is to like how you part your, you know, part your hair, wash your clothes. It's okay to be bald also. God's not upset about it. Oh, uh, isn't that so great? He knows people. That's what I hear. He's like, yeah. they're going to be those assholes that think that, that guy's unclean. <laughs> so we got to make it clear. That's right. This guy's fol- follicularly challenged or however you yeah. say that. Therefore, yeah, no. One of, uh, my, one of the members of my congregation that I love dearly, her favorite book of the Bible is Leviticus. Oh, wow. And hmm. even as a pastor, I'm like, I, how? Yeah. Right? I just don't see it. Yeah. I just, and this woman, oh, so many things about her, but she, she'd actually probably really love this podcast. Uh, anyway, so, and I'm just like, how is Leviticus your favorite book of the Bible? And she says, it's just so clear that God cares about the details of our lives. And I'm just like, man, that is profound. Mm. That is both comforting and not comforting <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> She's totally right. And also that's, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So anyway, Leviticus, God cares enough to make sure that the baldies, but see, back to the she bears. That's God right. cares yeah. about bald people. That's right. You, if you're bald, God cares about you. God cares about you. We should start a this t-shirt is... campaign. <laughs> tips, tips and tricks again. Tips and tricks with Pastor Abby. Make sure to tell your bald congregants that God loves them. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Like a t-shirt that just has that quote on or that uh, Bible verse and that's it. And they have to go look it up. Yeah. 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 Like, or oh, pastor Elijah just is- burned me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite prophet is actually uh, Micaiah, because I lo- I don't remember which king it is, but uh, the king wants to do stuff that God is not on board with. And But he gets all these false prophets to tell him that God's okay with it. But the true prophet, Micaiah, is just like, no, nah, don't do that. That's bad. And like, but he's like super sarcastic about it. And he's like, oh, I'm sure you know. this is." And, you know, like it gets to the point where he walks in and the king is like, oh, shit, it's you. You know, like it's just so good. It's true. Uh, I love that one too. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. You know better. You should That's just right. go for it, man. Yeah. And then he does, and it doesn't turn out so well. Uh, oh, it's good. Man, the prophets just generally, they're great. Like Elijah, maybe, maybe your God is going to the bathroom. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. you should cry a little louder. Maybe then your idol will hear. I mean, your false. I mean, he'll definitely hear you. Just yeah. shout a little louder. And then, and then there's good old Ezekiel, who God tells to poop in a fire. Hey. <laughs> you know, you do what God tells you. I guess. Hey, uh, we're okay with the performance artist that. The- <laughs> It all comes around, guys. Here we are again at performance art, prophetic performance. And that's time is a flat. How you'll do your next sermon? You'll have a big fire up there by the. (laughs) Oh my! (laughs) You said you were a performance artist, so there you go. No, you know. Remember, we all said we're not prophets, though. Except that we've also talked about how we used to tell people we majored in prophecy. That was the whole joke yeah, but, that we and would, Abby be specifically like, so said she was you? a performance artist. So also we told people all kinds of shit that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we were the ones alienating people. Not Abby, so were much. we the bad kids? <laughs> We were certainly unpleasant, more unpleasant than I think we give other people credit. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. It just, Abby, I forget. Are you a Frasier fan? I, I, I don't know. Well, I'll keep it short then, but there's this one episode where Frazier and Niles end up taking a, a car repair class because they get real embarrassed when they can't fix their car when, when they're on a date, when they're on dates with somebody, a double date. And um, so obviously they get in the class and the whole gag of the show is that they uh, don't get it. And so they stop paying attention and they become slackers. And so they're like writing notes to each other in French. And, then, <laughs> and like, I mean, it is one of my favorite episodes. And uh, I just, I wonder maybe were, were we those people you were... literally did write me notes in French. Oh, that sounds like something I would do when I was that age. 
<laughs> I was thinking more Seinfeld, where the last episode is they realize they're the horrible people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> well, there were certainly people more horrible than us, but let's just leave it there for tonight. <laughs> Well, we got to have you back so that you can say how horrible Ryan was when you were in seminary. I mean, anyone who's been listening to this show, I'm not sure how much of a, an epiphany that's going to be. <laughs> no, it'd just be fun. Who cares about yeah. epiphanies? No, oh, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> Plus, I mean, if I can make you look worse than me, I think that's a win. That's uh, really do what you it all have... comes down to, right? This is, is there some kind of oh, we're not inferiority complex here? No. I don't I don't understand. What's, what's going me. on? <laughs> <laughs> Things have really gone off the rails here. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut again, out like the last will, 30 minutes. <laughs> I will remind everybody again that I from the get-go have recognized that I can be a little self-righteous and controlling. So at least I've I've admitted who I really am here, guys. How very self-aware of you. I try. <laughs> All right, Nate, how are we going to land this? <laughs> I don't know. Helicopter in a field. Right, right. Sorry. With how are we going to night bakery? <laughs> I enjoy that picture of you descending in your helicopter and like, you know, the ladies' bonnets get blown off and stuff. And so you can get some muffins or something. Yeah. <sighs> I'll, I'll close us out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, boy, that, that's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Abby, for uh, giving us your time and your stories and helping us just uh, not only learn something, which, of course, both Ryan and I love to do, but just to appreciate what a pastor does and how a pastor, when you talked about God with us. I've been really focusing on Jesus. His first name is Emmanuel. And I love that. Uh, you have shared what it means to have God with us. And I hope you can hear this as uh, just a wonderful uh, thanks for showing us who God is as, um, as he's equipped you to be with your people and be with us here in this moment and sharing some of those stories uh, I hope that anyone who's listening, that you've enjoyed your time here with us. I uh, hope you've learned something. Uh, if you'd like to ask Abby any questions or if you'd like to follow up with us on this podcast episode, you can email us at FrontierFaithPodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us in the episode description. There's a uh, discord there's a facebook page all of which uh we need to do some <laughs> updating on but we do check them even if we're not updating them um just get to us let us know and um yeah i hope that you can share with us maybe this is a prompt that you can do instead of just the open thing share a joyful moment a, a moment of realized hope in your life uh, as a result of a pastor or another faith leader that you've had conversations with or that you've just been in the community with them and you've seen how, how wonderful they are like Abby has been for her people. And we pray that you would, uh, yeah, have many more of those moments as uh, we move forward together on this frontier. And uh, I'm not going to end it the way that Ryan does, so I'm going to have him end it the way that we always end. 
yeah, I'm gonna say it's okay and it's gonna be okay and that I promise God will take care of us. 